0: Hey everyone, this is More Than Just Trucks, a podcast for gearheads, truckers, and anyone who wants to learn more about the trucking industry. This podcast is sponsored by Truck Country and Stoop Freightliner. Come along with me as we dive deeper into what makes this $700 billion industry an essential part of all our lives. Here, we will interview industry leaders, educators, and more as we aim to inform the population on all things trucking. This is Ray Clark, your host, and today with me, I have Jay Ganinen, and this is a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants show. This was totally unscripted, and uh, Jay and I have known each other for a few years now, I think it is. And I called him up, and I said, hey, like, I want to get a podcast out there. And I said, I've got one topic in in mind, and I'm kind of at blame a little bit myself, even. So I'm going to throw myself under the bus as needed. this, but uh, today's topic is getting involved with schools and more technicians in our industry. Um, Jay's had... Uh, how many you think you've had, Jay. And uh, actually, you know what? Let's introduce yourself, Jay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for having me on. I, this is my favorite type of show. I like going a little like unscripted and just having good general conversation. So when when you brought this up to me, I was like, oh, this is perfect. But we're going um, rogue. Yeah, yeah, we're going rogue. So uh, as he mentioned, as Ray mentioned, I'm Jay Ganinen. I am one of the co-founders of Wrenchway, Uh, which is an online platform really meant to uh, try and improve the industry as a whole, try to make it healthier at its foundation. We do a lot of content uh, around how we make the industry better, but we've got an online uh, platform that really allows technicians to be able to do due diligence on shops and, and really understand who they are. And on top of that, a big, big piece of what we do is with schools, is working with schools, trying to get industry more involved with schools, both at the high school level and the post-secondary level, uh, to get them the support they need. I think it's no secret. We've got a gigantic shortage. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it probably is past due uh, to really try and drive this participation in these schools and the support that they need. And, uh, I think the reason we find ourselves in the position that we do today is because we largely ignored this for the last several decades. Yeah. And uh, it's something we just got to maybe get a little bit more attentive to.
0: Yep. Well, first and foremost, I got to say that, uh, you know, I've kind of, I've been a little bit on the forefront of when it started as find a wrench to rest. Wrench yes. And and you guys, man, your platform, I think, I think it's honestly, from my opinion, personally, this isn't to blow smoke, but this is uh it's a diamond in the rough because it's not a recruiting tactic. And you have moved away from that. And that's what I like about your thought concept with, with Matt and moving everything out of that kind of like, you know what, we're just here to help the industry. We're help you guys. Like we don't need to recruit for you and stuff. I mean, good at one point in time. Right. But it's like, we're here to like, how do we bring it all together? And, And like I said, I love that forethought and, uh, The new school chapter, as you know, I've gotten involved here with it and stuff, and that school connect and building those chapters. So, I mean, to your point and to the point of this podcast is we have sat back and we've been complaining about, I can't find a tech. And this has been going on for years now, but it's really become louder in the most recent times, right? So I've heard it on our forefront, you know, from service managers, and and I can't blame them, right, is God, the amount of money that we have to sink into a new hire, a trainee, how do we do it? And it's up, it's like, okay, so you're not going to find an experienced guy that's usually going to, I mean, if they're being treated correctly, and we're finding out more and more businesses, right? So I did hear your, I was on part of your round table uh, yesterday, most of the time, and, uh, you know, brings in the same thing, right? Flat rate. And you know, but the subject of today's conversation is we sit back as a group and we're like, oh, we got to get involved in more schools. Here's the thing, and and I think Jay, you'll reinforce it with me is we need to quit talking about it. It's 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 time to get off our backside, myself included, getting into more schools and just saying, yeah, I've got some schools in my area. Man, pick the phone up, email somebody. Heck, just stop in if you can. I, I, have you been? So you make you make a lot of routes, right? I mean, you're yeah. you're kind of a worldly traveler, I'll call you. Uh, how hard is it for these guys to get into schools? Is it like it was kind of? And I get COVID had its thing there, and it you know the security things. Um, how difficult have you been hearing or seeing for a guy like myself or a, a independent shop owner that says, okay, hey, I want to go visit the two local school diesel or automotive instructors, how hard would it be for them?
1: I think it can be hard. Um, I think a lot of it is coming to the point to where that's the whole point of why you need to build a relationship with the school in the first place. Right. And the reason I say that is I equate this very much to on the dealership side, the relationship between a salesperson and the service manager, right? Like the service manager sitting back doing their work, and the salesman comes up and wants to talk to him, and it's never like, "Hey, how's your day going?" It's when the service manager sees that salesperson come around the corner, is like, "Oh no, what do they need now?" Yep. Like, it, you know, it's you're trying to appease them, but also know that they're rarely coming back to do anything but ask for something, right? And right. I think when we look at the school side of this, it's very similar. Those instructors are so used to and trained uh, to the the point that when industry comes calling, it's not normally because they're trying to help, it's because they need something. And a lot of times that's where our relationships fall apart. I was actually at local tech school that you're familiar with, Ray, MATC here in Madison. And one of, uh, this is a few years back, but one of my really, really good friends, he's at my wedding, uh, is an instructor there in the diesel program. And he said uh, one time, like, hey, listen to this. It was like the week before graduation, He had 17 voicemails from different shops asking for his best graduate. And he's like, they, they don't get it. They, it's, they're already gone. Like they've already had jobs. Exactly. And so I think that's where I see such an opportunity. I do think industry is better with tech schools than we are high schools. Uh, And as you look at it and Ray, you've done a better job at this than anybody in terms of talking to eighth graders and talking to younger people. Uh, I work, really closely with our local high school here, they're picking out their career paths in eighth grade now. And that's going—that's pointing them what direction they're going. And as we've really built the school connect side of Wrenchway, that's one of those things that we see is that there are so many high schools out there that have zero budget for anything. Uh, And a lot of times, it's not the really crazy asks that they have. It's hey we need shop towels or we need uniforms we need you know it it's not like this astronomical big right. thing it's just being there when they need something and so many teachers i talk to they tell me that they feel like when they have to reach out to industry it feels like they're cold calling and that's not what they signed up for they signed up to educate students and so as it relates to asking for industry support if it's a tech school program trying to get their enrollment in order there's a lot of diesel programs right now that have low enrollment and i'm not talking about the big like yotex and that kind of thing Wyotech's doing as good as they ever have but there's a lot of these community colleges that are struggling with enrollment right now so what are we doing to bridge the gap to them what are we doing to talk to high schools what are we doing to talk to eighth graders and uh, i'll be honest A few years back, you had told me you were doing presentations to eighth graders and it kind of blew my mind at the time, but it was something that I learned. That's what I love about this industry. We kind of all learn from each other, but you had attacked the core of it before pretty much anybody else I knew. And I think uh, I give you a lot of credit for that, to having the vision and the foresight to say, hey, this is getting earlier and earlier and earlier when they're picking out that career path and identifying that and then really trying to help those programs again, which you've done a good job with. Um, so it just, to me, it it's so much more than going to the advisory committee meeting and checking the box that you were there. It's building that relationship with an instructor, knowing when they have a need and being able to really fulfill that need uh, because we need to build bigger programs. We need to build better programs. And the only way that happens is if industry gets involved.
0: Yeah. And it's, so it's kind of disheartening. First of all, thank you for the for the compliments there. And and honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of try to be humble because it's not all me. It was uh, Roger Skemp, our recruiter at that time, was also helping drive that bus. But yeah, the the funny thing is, is I had told you about the eighth grades, but we've been at one point in time uh in Wisconsin, I'm trying to think of where it was. We sat down with a sixth grade class. So even even your, your
1: next step is you're going to be showing up at kindergarten graduation well, and uh, handing out. No. <laughs>
0: yep. Hey, you know what? If, if Lego sells it, then you know what? Let's get a let's get a project out there because it's all eye hand coordination and, uh, truck, country and
1: stoops, uh, truck country and stoops truck uh, country and stoops Lego sets. I, I think it's uh, innovative.
0: There you go. I like that. Nice little promotional <laughs> gig. But it's it's disheartening because I you know. I do sit in on several advisory boards and uh, locally and and kind of from afar and some meetings and stuff. And through the years, I mean, I saw even in my my high school, and Christ, that was 30 years ago. But it's like we steer away from – I mean, I had auto. I had sheet metal and metal work. I had woodworking. Um, And, of course, as you know, it's all gone away, and it's like we sink money more into – Hey, our football field needs this. Hey, our, our oh. basketball court needs this. And it's like, okay, but those people today are not going to keep the industry going. So I I almost like most of us that come from the industry sit back and laugh now because I'm um I guarantee you that I've got some high school people that looked at me saying, Oh, Ray Clark, you're just a you're just gonna be a grease monkey, dirty, you're gonna fix stuff and same you, here. You didn't go to college, so what good are you and stuff? And then I'm like, okay, so two years after I was out of school, I believe I was probably making more money than some of those that were laughing at me, and my debt, my debt because I went to Ohio Diesel was much more minimal. And uh, you know what? Where I sit today, I'm quite comfortable and proud of the path that I took. So if I well, Ray,
1: to to touch on that, I think that's one area we can make a lot of headway. And you and I have had conversations about how important important it is teachers on our page or administration administrators yes. in schools on the same page as us and see the really good careers that we have one thing i've seen really work here lately is doing an roi case on their education and yeah, sitting down and neat. penciling out like okay hey you want to go be a, a doctor great go that path like i'm not i'm not uh, downplaying the the need for uh, extended education for some of those types of things but Maybe if you're going into marketing or you're going into uh, just general business, your money might be spent better somewhere else, right? In in being able to learn a trade. I mean, look at look at the impact that AI could have on our like not our industry, but white collar industries moving forward. It's going to replace a lot of jobs. Oh, and so somebody better be go, ready. Oh, absolutely, but. We still need people to work on trucks. We still, like, the trucks are still super important. And I think the the ROI case for going into our industry right now is better than it's ever been.
0: Yeah. So, funny thing, I just had a conversation with both my wife and my son. As you know, my son, Diesel, is
1: now uh, wrenching. Still the greatest name of anybody I've ever heard. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well... Uh, you know, when that conversation come up originally with the wife, I don't know if uh, she would agree with you at that point in time, but, but we had that AI conversation and because I've been monitoring that very closely, especially in my world of training and stuff. And uh, knowing that I've been seeing and hearing a lot that AI is going to replace jobs. Like there's no a doubt lot. about it. There's, there's jobs out there that our college-bound students that when they graduate, will they have a job? Will there right. be an opportunity? And to your point, um, that was my argument back to my wife. She was like, well, they'll just have robots to fix the trucks. I'm like, they will never have enough. Ro- will they have them in the factories? You know, they build them. I said, yeah, because it's, it's a repetitive type single process that that robotic arm does, right? There's still factory personnel. There's still that human touch. And in our repair world, I don't care, automotive, forklift, agricultural, you're not going to get a robot. Tell me where you're going to get the robot to go out to the field and and replace a tire on a John Deere tractor that just had a bent rim or blown tire, right?
1: I, I, I do think it'll change some things, though, right? You, you see, like, the glasses coming out where it's the virtual kind of service manual or being able to… Right. Uh, do some different things, but from my standpoint, I think that makes our industry even more appealing because you're getting some cool technology to be able to work with.
0: It'll improve the technical side of it and and bring that, like I said, I don't remember where it was and and who I heard it from because I wanted to give them credit, but today's truck going down the road, today's class eight truck semi has more technology in it than the first spaceship we sent off to the moon. (laughs) And I'm like, no way. And he's like, if you look at today's truck and, you know, I mean, there are autonomous trucks going down the road. And I keep thinking, go down the road with 60 to 80,000 on a trailer, look up in this big unit and not see somebody sitting in that driver's seat is kind of amazing. If you think of it today, I mean, and I get it. I'm sure Domino's and stuff in those cities are running autonomous vehicles left and right for pizza delivery, but to think that you can, you know, supply product in that kind of way up and down the highway, and I mean, it's there exactly. I mean, the technology today, it's not nuts and bolts all the time, right? It, it's so advanced, and like you said, how I, do we how do we get the schools to flip switch and say, okay, hey, look, you know what? We do need to lean on the industry. We need help from Anybody and everybody, because that was definitely my last advisory. And we all talked about, okay, so can we donate this? Hey, a couple auto dealerships and independent shops. said. I told them, I said, what about cores, Or, um, you know, with the body shop side of it, what if you got a toll out vehicle that the insurance company wants to just sell out or somebody just leaves it there for you? Could you strip it down? Could you bring in the whole car or pieces parts to these, to the local schools and, and, just let them work on stuff and and let those instructors start getting more hands on with it
1: i you know it's funny that you say that i had a i'm again very involved with our local school and for the first time ever i heard the high school principal say we need to look at our career readiness and what that means because that you know the mission of the school is to have them career or uh, you know further education ready by the time they're done with high school and it was the first time I had heard from him specifically where he said listen we have to a- adapt our school a little bit the truth of the matter is in five years and don't quote me on the stat but I'm, I'm taking it off of the top of my head that something like in five years 80 percent of students will no longer of jobs will no longer require a college degree uh, and so when they're looking at that it is skill-based it is getting better skill it is being um you know i i love the fact that the the principal of the high school yeah. stated that like that's a different message than i had ever heard from that any high school administrator before so uh, encouraging that we're making waves there this is where i think the more we can band together as an industry and get involved with these schools the better off we're going to be because then in it Sounds terrible, but sometimes the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And I think the more we can be the squeaky wheel, uh, the more they're going to listen to us. And it's going to take all of us working together. It might require competitors working together to get more people into the industry. Yeah. And I think that's really foreign and really scary to a lot of people.
0: I'll tell you so, our local other dealership is is Thompson Truck and Trailer here. And uh, by any means, I'm not afraid to mention them because. Um, they, you know, it's a different OEM, but so, uh, Joe Hoffman is their service manager there. And again, I'll give him kudos because he's, uh, come through the ranks up there and, uh, actually worked for me. And and he gives me the, the same kudos back that, that I trained him up through and got him to where he's at today and, uh, give him some acknowledgement. But we, we sit in on some different boards and, or go to school events. And it's like, you know what, we're there for the same reason, whether, whether they get them or we get them or whoever, right? If we don't, like you said, if we don't come together. So two things with this, right? I mean, literally, we got to get off our backsides and start reaching out to the to the shops. And it cannot be, oh, you're graduating a class? I want your good ones. <laughs> it, it's got to be like, go there in the beginning of the year when you start the class and say, hey, guys, I'm here. Um, you know, w- we've known that and seen it. Uh, we've got a room that we're dedicating to UTI. So, you know, it's going to be labeled up truck country and stoops. And uh, like you said, it. hopefully it's from the get go. We're meeting classes and groups in there. Um, we're getting around to a lot more schools. So it's you just have to. I mean, you just can't sit back and say we need more. We need more. Uh, you're not going to find experienced tech. You're not going to pay him more. Um, and if you do pay him more, are you going to have the fear of losing others because you just brought in an outsider in a sense, and you haven't you haven't raised your pricing or your shop rates or anything or covered the rest of your guys' labor? You know, so it's a double-edged sword. When I think, anyways, that's my thought. When I agree, starting.
1: I I could not agree more, and I I think you hit on a good point there, which is well, I talk about industry working together in you can't have collusion on labor rates or anything like that. But I do think you can't have everybody be, you know, the majority be at this and then have two or three people that are half that, right? Like it do, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think it, it really drives a disservice to our industry and how smart people are when we don't properly charge for our time. And I, I you know, I think, we're getting a little bit better in that regard. And I think some of it is you can't have the backyard mechanics that you used to have, right? Like yeah, exactly. you've got to have the tooling, you've got to have the education there. There's so much that's needed now for a current day technician that you're just not going to be able to have that fly by night person. you you're, you have to have skill in, you know, these are not, you know, I always say on the automotive side, cause I grew up on the automotive side then spent time in diesel, but I started off as an automotive tech and it used to be in my head you know i'm just doing a brake job not a big deal right and now you know uh, that i've gotten older i look back and i'm like oh my gosh somebody's transporting their family in that vehicle somebody you know there there is and on the truck side you see the liability concerns that happen when a when a repair goes wrong and you just are driving gigantic machines that you have to have good people working on. There's, it's, you just can't have inadequate techs working on this stuff. And it's just, uh, to me, we not only have to get more people into our industry, we have to get better people in our industry. We've got so many great people, but, you know, we, we've got to be able to appeal to that front of classroom type of student as well. And as technician changes, or as technology changes, it it's going going to take an entirely different effort and that's what we have to come to an understanding with
0: yeah and you've you've heard my analogy before when i go into a classroom and i call out the gamers because yeah you know you, know, it, you sit and, and I'll, I'll, it's not that kind of guy that everybody's like oh he just he's kind of one of them nerdy guys at games all the time i don't care you know what set him down in front of a laptop. Let me teach him what to look for on on this. And you know, could he be that next diagnostic guy and not get hands dirty and pass it off to you because you didn't want to learn it?
1: Oh, I totally stole that from you, by the way. And I I try to give you credit whenever I can for that as well, because that is so true that uh, the way that you explained it to me was that you had a gamer has a lot of the same mentality. You're trying to to win something. You're trying to fix a problem. You know, it, it, there's a lot of the same type, you know, same type of brain function for both. And when you sat down and really walked me through that, I was like, damn, raise, raise, uh, raise spot on here. That's, that's, uh, that's really good.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, they're multitasking on the screen. And if you look at today's technology and you're running a diesel engine, heck, even on an automotive engine and you're running them, there's anywhere from 10 to 12 different things going on on that screen. And that diagnostic tech has to like monitor all of that. So he's got to sit there and watch everything. Oh, and you know what else he has to be good at math people math. So it's, it's not just the, Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't need to, I don't need English. Yeah, you do. You need to communicate correctly. I don't need math. Yes, you do. You need to do pressures, temperatures, voltages, and do the math quickly in your head and be able to diagnose trucks. So, Yeah. I mean, it's just like you take all that and then you say, okay. so if you can figure out that game and you can like be that winner and step to the next level. Right. I'm I'm level 236 now. Well, you know what? Like I said, a good diagnostic tech, if we can train you each one of those parameters, each one of those voltages and do the math quickly, can you diagnose that truck with little to to no hands on by kind of looking and it. Granted, I don't want to make it sound like you fix trucks with a laptop because you don't, um, you know, it takes much more than that. And it takes yes. reading meters and, and does take getting your hands dirty and stuff. But back in our day, it literally was mechanical <laughs> linkage. Um, you know, there was no hydraulic clutches. There was no automated trans- transmissions. The biggest voltage issue you had was a headlight or a blower motor.
1: I mean, you, you, well, you you took me for a ride, one of your new Freightliners. Uh, gosh, that was probably a year ago, and uh, I hadn't been in a truck in a while. It, it had been a while since I actually sat in one, and it blew me away as to how how much it had changed. I mean, it is yeah. it is just dr- significantly different. Yep.
0: So the other thing I want to go back on, you were talking about getting involved with the schools and stuff, and and one of the things I got to thinking of it was, when we do start out early, why can't you start your own apprenticeship as an independent shop or an OEM, I don't care, automotive world, diesel world, agricultural world? You there's If, if you go into your department of labor, there's a ton of apprenticeships out there and you can become an appra- a registered apprenticeship. You don't even have to build something on your own. Or you could do it on your own. Just get out there right from the get-go when classes start. You know what? You could. You never know, but you could find your next foreman, your next shop supervisor, and and start these guys out. But I, what I'll tell you is, start them out like everybody else did, and make sure that they know that you got to start from the bottom, right? Yeah.
1: I pushed rooms. Don't too. overpromise.
0: Yep. I mean. I, I push brooms, and I get it that there's a lot of people with the the generational gap nowadays that they come in and they want to make millions right off the bat, and, and I get it. You'll people, you'll get there. It it, it you got to get dirty and, and you got to work for it first. Though I'm telling you, it doesn't happen overnight. So with patience and hard work, shop owners, dealerships, independents going in, making those contacts first thing with 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 these schools. You don't know what you got for potential until you get in
1: front of them. Yeah. I, I think you you hit on a variety of great points right there, but you know, my dad's little independent automotive shop in Mineral Point, Wisconsin did this as well as anybody did. And it was really none of my doing, right. It was basically, uh, something that they've kind of had in place, but not really structured if you will, but, uh, I think the system works great, which is get some job shadows in, uh, get kids exposed to what it is that you're doing, figure out which ones might have the chops to, to, to hang around in the shop or really love it and and or could love it. Right. Try to get them into an apprenticeship program from there. Uh, so you're not just taking that one kid that has interest but not, might not be good at it. You're getting a look at – a bunch of different uh, bunch of different kids a bunch of different students but get them into an apprenticeship program then get them into uh tech school after that you guys have an easier funnel than anybody right like you can right. funnel them right into your school and from there you're producing the next generation of techs and it just takes a little effort to go out of your way to do some job shadows and to do some you know getting a, a proper apprenticeship program lined up and the more you can do that, the more you're going to put into the workforce. And, you know, that benefits our entire industry if we do that. And kind of going back to how we started with the transition from Finder Wrench to Wrenchway, with Finder Wrench, we were recruiting. It wasn't necessarily because I loved recruiting. It was because I was in the industry and I had a big problem. What we realized was we were kind of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, right? Yeah, it, it was not doing it the right way. A 50-caliber I, 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 bullet hole a big, big bullet hole. And it, it really was coming to terms with that in in saying, you know, internal conversations within us at Renchway here saying, you know, how do we have a true impact on this industry? And for us, it wasn't necessarily like, hey, we, we don't want to steal from one dealership to go to another. It was how do we improve this industry as a whole? How do we make a better foundation for this entire thing? Some of that comes down to the shops and how they treat their people. We got to make sure that we treat our people good. Uh, As you alluded to earlier in the podcast here, shops have gotten a lot better at that. Like If they're good, they're probably being pretty well taken care of. Um, We still have a long way to go. There's still some really bad shops out there. And when a tech goes to a bad shop to work, they get a really bad taste in their mouth. And then if they go to another bad shop to work, they're out of the industry because they assume that every single place is the same way <laughs> as the last two that they've had right yeah and we've seen a lot of that where we're, we're not taking care of them well enough to to keep them around and some of it comes down to you know i had a manager working for me once that was he was a hothead he would scream at everybody he'd scream at customers he'd scream at all this techs uh this is in the equipment business but he was i mean he was a hothead and he would admit I've that. been there. and you just can't have that anymore right like the techs have so many options now that they're not going to stick around if they're treated close that your box and walk that day right oh 100 and in a lot of cases i don't blame them right like if somebody's just screaming at you all day and looking over your shoulder and, and you know throwing stuff you know it just it's not it's not appealing to current the current day great technician uh, you know they they deserve more respect than that
0: yeah I like it you said something earlier and my head started clicking with it is all we have to do is with a, a little effort with a lot of gain yeah really that's it, it's a little effort to get out in front of schools and and really it's a door that open the door of opportunity for somebody that may or may not have the question um, here's the other thing that you can do well we're it's things you know like I said you and I get talking and things click um (laughs) talk to your local Boy Scout programs yes and and have a Boy Scout night and Explorer night we've been partnered with the Explorer program now for holy cow since uh I think uh 2018 at least 2018 we've started with Explorer and we have multiple um nights where the Explorers they can sign up but that goes out to all the schools and stuff. I mean, they, they reach out to a lot more schools than just the local area. And uh, there's another- Can they get a badge for that? What's that? Can they get a badge for that of any
1: type? Um,
0: I haven't heard if there's an actual badge. I, I believe some of them, as they go through, if they do involve portion of that. like They've done some uh, projects on the side. And it's usually, I think it's on the Eagle side, right, where they get those badges and they have an Eagle Scout project. I've heard of some guys, like um, in a sense, restoring one of their old family tractors
1: or something like right. that. So, but I mean, that might be something to push for for us as an industry, as like a, a repair badge of t- some type. Uh, yeah. that, that's a great idea. I mean,
0: think about that. If if you could promote something with, even in a, as we're talking, like I said, man, youth ASE. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, yeah. ASE out, is out there and it's, I mean, I was a master in the automotive world at that point in time, but can we, can we bring it downscale and get schools involved with a youth ASE and, and try to help, like I said, right. I mean, how do we help the industry help the schools and. That's
1: it, a great I, idea. I've got a lot of connections with ASE too. I could, I can, Reach out and bridge that idea to them because I I think that's fantastic,
0: Ray. I mean, think about that, right? Because now you're going to get bigger pockets, more more ears to listen to it, right? And more acknowledgement, more mark the whole works. And then just, I don't know, maybe drive that to where we can steer, you know, maybe some more of these CTEs, these career technical education centers and or automotive classes back into the schools.
1: What a fantastic idea. I I, I love that. Like, I, I think as we look for opportunities to get more involved with the youth, I, I think that is a great idea that I hadn't thought about before, but I think there's a lot there, a lot there for that. Yeah.
0: So let's wrap things up. Um, like I said, point blank. I was going to try not to to cuss or anything, but we just need to get off our ass and we need to yeah. get in front of it as independents, as personnel in the industry. Whole the, industry. The whole industry. Exactly. Um, but again, you guys are doing an awesome job. Like I said, I congratulate you for the for the leaps and bounds that you guys have taken in the company and gone from that find a wrench to wrench way and everything that you guys are doing now. Um, it, it Seriously, you guys have done a great job in the background with that. Your connections it's, that you've made through the years, um, you know, uh, your first round table that you cordially invited me to and the, the partnership and the people that I met from that um, has just been great. I mean, you know, it's like I keep my ear to the wall to full bay all the time now.
1: Good, good. Yeah. I just spoke at their conference last week in, in Phoenix, but I, I think that's what it's all about is creating that community and the awareness and and really pushing people to get out of their comfort zones, get involved, uh, and and you know get yourself out of the weeds a little bit. But uh, Ray, I, I can't thank you enough. You've been an early supporter of us uh, for a long, long time now, and uh, it's uh, doesn't go without its road bumps. I'll tell you that. Like it, it's uh, it's definitely tough to kind of. Try to get everybody together to, to work in a, a common common goal of changing the industry. But every day we make it, we chip away at it. We we get a little bit better. Uh, us as a company, we get a little bit better. But also, I think people are starting to become more and more open to the fact that like we've got to do some things differently. We can't yeah. just rely on the ways that we've always done things. And I uh, I appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate again, the vision that you have uh, for the industry and the things that you've done, because without partners like you, it just doesn't happen. Right. So uh, we, we definitely appreciate everything that you've done over the years.
0: Well, thank you. And, and look at us as, as human, our human nature is we're mechanics, we're technicians, we fix things. This is a problem and we need to fix it. So again, get off our backsides, get out in front of the schools, do anything and everything that we can. And, uh, I thank you all for your time today, for listening, and thank you to our host, myself and Jay, my guest, and then our sponsoring company, Truck Country Stoops, for everything that they do to kind of support me to keep this podcast going. And uh, again, Jay, thanks for your time today. I appreciate everything.
1: Thank you, buddy.